that might be a smart thing. But the problem is you just got to figure out what button to mash to get it off a hold out there. Then, well, it, went, then it went to night. Now they don't know what to do with it at night. I told him he figured it out. Let me know because it's not the first time it's been like that. All right. Well, good morning. Um, we're, we're on page um, get my glasses on, 44. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, we've been talking about we don't go by what we see, what we feel. We go by what we believe. And our quote for the day is, Don't let life change your goals because achieving your goals can change your life. And we, we, we find this, as a, as, especially with, with, with the new generation coming up, they, they, they don't have a lot of stickability. You know, they go from this job to that job to that job to that. If, if something they don't like, you know, and there'll never be a job you have you don't, that you like everything about, you know. Uh, but, but a lot of people circumvent getting where they want to in life because you don't, they don't want to push through in there. I got a couple of videos this morning. The first one ain't got anything to do with church. I just thought it was funny. Thought I might date, might, might date y'all this morning. See, who knows this, this answer to this. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let it do and see who, who will throw the hand up. There is only one sound in this entire world that will forever separate the old generation from the... I have turned the Don't try to turn the volume down. I know you're thinking it. You're a Matt Bojo. This was safe. Here we go again. I don't know what that is. There There is only one sound in this entire world that will forever separate the old generation from the new one. For when the new generation hears it, they'll have no idea what we're talking about. But when the old generation hears it, <laughs> we cringe. For we know the struggle we had to endure. That the new generation will never have to. So here is the one sound that will forever separate our generations. Raise your hands, you know what it is. One sound in this entire world that will forever separate the old generation. I thought that was pretty good. If you never fool with dial up internet, you ain't. Kids ain't got any 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 clue what you go through with that old dial. I thought I thought that that was that was pretty good. Somebody needed to use the phone. You had to get off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our lesson. Most y'all know about Man Church and uh, and Rick Burgess. He had a pretty good one this week. Tell people where a good restaurant is. If we're gonna tell people where the best hotel at the beach is, if we're going to tell people the best place to catch fish and the best place to hunt, uh, and, and here, here's where you need to go to get tickets to the big game, I can work that out for you. If we can do all those things, and we, we've taken the time to know those things so we can teach it to others, how in the world have we neglected to take the time to be able to teach people who God is and what He has said? You're going to have influence. The question is, do you have influence for the kingdom? You're going to have influence. Well, you're going to have influence for the kingdom. 
Because we influence the people every day, all day long, everything we do. You know? And people will, the true you will come out when, when the pressure's on, when things not going your way, when, when things are not happening like you want to. Uh, you know, I, I tell my kids, I say, when you see somebody under a lot of pressure or a lot going on, leave them alone. You can't, you, they're subject to go off on you. I mean, they already stress and they push to the max, they to the limit, and it won't take much. They'll, they'll say something or do something that they wouldn't normally do, uh, you know. So when you see people that are, are under a lot of pressure, just, just walk light because the, the, if you don't know what's in there, they might come out. And All right, we're on page 44. And like I said, uh, go, to, go to Jeremiah 29. That's kind of where we, we ended. Um, we left off, you know, in Joel where it says he will restore to us the years, uh, you know, that, that we've lost and that had been taken from us while we were in sin, that God will, can restore and will restore that. And so we were getting here in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. All the spare books are gone. I don't have any. Anybody? Does the spare book lay on the table anywhere? I got yours right here. Okay. Somebody my We just need one. I think everybody else we covered. TJ, y'all got a book back there, buddy? Okay. Uh, so we, we covered everybody got a book. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. It's fair for me, everybody. You've you heard people quote it, quote it, quote it. And we want to we wanna look at it a little bit. That's where we started last week. It says, for, everybody there, 29 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then, after you realize that He does have your best interest at heart, then you shall call upon me, you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn, I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. So it says here, um, did you bring your NLT, Miriam? Are you, okay, read, read that in the NLT. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In these, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you oh, just verse me, eleven, it's good. Okay. Just verse eleven. He says, "So here, so he's going to give you a hope and a future." You know, lots of times when 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 we're going through a lot of issues, uh, would be financial or especially health, people begin to, to lose hope. You know that that they, they, they begin to, to focus more on what they feel is inevitable than you know than than on what what the Bible says. You know that 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 stress that constant pressure to those people begin begin they begin to, to, to lose hope. Now, there's first paragraph there in uh, page 44. It says if you will give God a chance, He can make more of your future than you could if you went back and lived the past again. You may have heard it said. He's the God of the second chances. The problem is that God won't grant you a second chance, but that people won't give Him a second chance. 
they're too willing to disqualify themselves because of what they've done or what they could have, would have, should have done. And we talked about that last year, last week, you know, that if you look back 20 years ago, none of us knew we'd be, be where we are, you know. And, and, but but I, uh, here the, the, in, in these previous pages, you know, the writer's trying to tell us that because we missed an opportunity, don't consider it that it will never come back. It may come back and it not come back in that original form, but it don't mean that God doesn't have ways to make it up and catch it up. You know, we uh, I told you a little bit, you know, about about me and Angie, you know, losing the business and you know being ninety thousand dollars in debt. You know, we never thought two years later we'd be totally debt free. You know, and, you know that, but you got to decide. You know that we're gonna follow His plan, and He'll begin to lead you to do this, do that. Don't do that. Go over here. Do this. You know, and then next thing you know, you don't. We don't know where the money come from. I mean, nobody didn't write us no big check. It just, just like, you know, that we were just able to to take care of it. Uh, you know, so don't don't think because you messed up, you know, that that God can't catch you back up if if you're willing to do it His way. But for Him to catch you up, you got to be willing to be teachable and make changes too, because there. There is a reason why you where you are and why we were where we were, you know, and we have to understand what caused it, how it caused it, and to prevent it. Because the Lord does not answer it in bailing you out. And that's what we look for lots of times, especially financial. We just want to get bailed out. But if we don't change our behavior and our way of thinking, we'll be right back where we was to start with. You know, he, if, if you need $1,000 a day and Lord gives you a thousand dollars. If if you don't learn what went on, you'll need another thousand dollars next month. It'll just constantly be a constant thing, uh, you know. If we don't learn to follow His precepts, because there's things we can do, and we've seen a lot of these already in the Word that says that hey, if you do these things, I'll get involved in your finances. You know, I'll help you, I'll guide you. So we have to be sure we're doing those things if if we want Him to be involved. All right. It says, get out of the past and get on with your future. God doesn't have any has-beens. God is the great I am. And if God says I am, then you can be I am too. You need, you don't need to be I used to be, I almost was, I wish I was. Go to Exodus. We're going to go to Exodus and we're going to go to John. So this is another one of those scriptures. Exodus chapter 3. We'll start in uh, verse 14. You know, this is the story of Moses and the burning bush, and God's telling him he's got to go back to Egypt. And, and, you know, and, he, and he says, you know, who am I going to say sent me? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me. Now when you read that, it don't make a lot of sense. But, but the, the actual Hebrew word, verse 14, is Eyah, which means I will become. God is saying to, to, to Moses, I will become whatever you need me to become. When, when, when you go, you tell them that I am, that I, I, I will become 
whatever. You know, he did. You know, he he become a serpent that ate the serpent. You know, he become whatever Israel needed at the time. That's what God was all the way through the wilderness. You know, he's he he become. But now let's fast forward to Jesus in John. And so you, we're not going. This is in a couple of different of the gospels, but uh, we'll read this and then I'll. Uh, just tell you what the other part of the gospel says. Uh, John 18. But we're talking about the power. He's talking about here about the power of God to, to take our past and 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 put us back where we need to be. All right, in John 18, verse 5. It says, and Jesus answered him, and, and they answered him, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, "This is where they went to the garden." Let me give you a tip. Where, where um, Judas betrayed him. And they're looking for Jesus, and this is Jesus in verse five answering them. They asked, "Who is where is Jesus?" And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said unto them, "Don't you look at this Bible? We talked about this last week." It says, "I am." You see that he. That's italicized. Right? So that was put in there that I talked about last week from the translator. Alright? But that is the same, this is a Greek word here, but it's the same Hebrew word that God said back in Egypt uh, to, to Moses in Exodus. I am. Right, let's read on. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he said unto them, I am they went backwards and fell to the ground. That I am whatever you need me to be. He spoke that power. And if you read over in Mark, we won't go to Mark because of time's sake. Remember where it says the man was running through the, the garden naked? You know? that when you, when, you, when you study this out and read it, he said he had a linen cloth. That guy got raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead and all he had was that linen cloth. So he started running through the garden with his linen cloth he was running through it. So he said, I am. All the soldiers, all the people just, just fell out. And, and the grave close to him, that man raised from the dead just because I am I'm whatever you need me to be. See, I don't know what that guy that was dead needed him to be, but he got raised from the dead and needed, needed something. So you have to remember, uh, you know, it, 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 it'll do you to write in your Bible or if you've got a journal. As you study and as, as you hear people preach all these different names of God, Begin to write them down, uh, you know, and, and, and because his name, a name represents all that person that is behind that name. You, you follow me? When, when, when Eric married Miriam, she took that, that name change. I don't want to get off on, maybe get off on this. You know, marriage ceremony is a covenant ceremony. It's a covenant before God Almighty. All right, and you got this new generation that these girls want to keep their last name. Well, they're not in covenant. You know, they want to hyphen them. They want to go by their last name. That is totally unscriptural because it is a covenant thing. And and just like Abram, you know, Abram was. I'm just gonna go ahead and follow this. That was Abram's. That was his name, right? All right, him and God made covenant. God changed his name to what? All he did 
God's name is Hashim. That's the Hebrew name for God in Old Testament. It's Hashim. See, all God did was put the H-A, Hashim. So now everybody knows that Abraham, Hashim, is in covenant together. That if you mess with Abram, you're messing with Hashim, the God Almighty, the God of Heaven's armies is what, what that means. See, so when they made covenant, that signature of the covenant is always a name change. You know, and if you read the if you read the New Testament, it says God calls us by a different name than what we are. You know, He give us a new name, so that means we went in covenant with Him. So when you get married, that's why the the, the lady takes the man's last name because he is swearing that he'll give his life for her to protect her, to take care of her, to provide for her, whatever. You know, if, if it got to be two and three jobs, then the man's going to do the two and three jobs, not the woman, see? Because he is in covenant with her, and he took her under his wing to protect her, take care of her, whatever the cost may be, see? And most men that have been married a long time and truly love their wife, they won't have any problems. Say, hey, yeah, I'll give my wife for my wife. Somebody comes up to try to, to hurt us, yeah. Yeah, I'll put her behind me, and I'll take whatever I take. See, that's that covenant relationship and that's what that wedding band symbolizes that you're in covenant you know and that's why the name change without the name change it's not covenant so. I don't know what all that but maybe somebody needed that but so anyway so we're here so, so see, about these names of God see we need to know you know God says I am whatever you need me to be so so whatever what do you need him to be this morning that's what he's saying I'll be I'll become whatever you need me to become. Because what's God's interest? God's only interest is getting people in His family. And He'll give you, do for you, whatever He needs to do for you to be an example to help get people into His family. Because that's what, I mean, that's what Jesus come for. He came so that nobody would have to die and go to hell. See, God wants a family that chooses Him out of their free will, not... Because they were full. You know, you see people don't stay saved long because preachers scare them into getting saved. You know, this could be your last day. You better come on this morning. If you don't, you know, you know what happens when you walk out that door? That fear makes them come, but it can't keep them. But when you learn the love of God and what God does, that, that's what keeps you. See, that you know that when you can't handle it, He can handle it. See, that, that's what keeps people. That's why... I, I, you can't say they ain't truly saved, but when the pressure wears off and the situation wears off and the problem goes away, then you see then they go with it. They ain't got any stickability. And then because it was done out of emotion and out of fear, it wasn't done out of, out of love. Right. Uh, the last part says, Many times as you transition from one season to another, you go through a time of reflection. When you graduate high school, college, you move from home for the first time, you live, single life, you live a single life to get married. You change jobs. The tendency is often to reflect on the past. How many ever changed jobs before? They've been there several, several years, you know. It, you don't, you're not, it don't bother you leaving the job. But for some reason, you just get a little emptiness about the people that you're leaving, you know, you're leaving behind, you, you know. They, they, they've made that connection to you. It says, you can look back with 2020 vision, then suddenly you realize what could, you could have done differently. 
It's easy to be critical, filled with regret, and realize how much better you could have did if you just did it. You did do it over. Then he gives a good story here. It says, many years ago as I was going through a transition like this, I moved to another area of ministry. As I look back, I began to apologize to the Lord. I could see so many areas where, where I didn't do as well as I could have. I failed to do all that I could have done. I was sure if I could have gone back and done it over, I could have done so much better. Instead of joy over the future, I was experiencing grief and regret over the past. It was affecting my prayer life. Finally, the Lord gave me an illustration. He showed me that the previous season of my life represented a type of college. He showed me that the different areas in my life that I was evaluating was like courses or classes in college. He shared with me that in some courses I did very well and others not so well. Some areas I breezed through with ease while others were a struggle. He showed me that I wasn't a straight-A student and nobody is. Only Jesus is a straight-A is straight-A's in all the tests of life. He concluded by saying, you may have scored well in every area, every course, every relationship. You may not have, but you passed. Today you're getting your diploma. You should have no more resentment or regret toward anyone or anything in this season of your life than you would have of your life than you would have against a college professor who taught you a difficult course and you ultimately passed. You got what you came for, so no hard feelings, no regrets. You have your diploma. It's time to move on. You know, we, we do this every day. I, I, I had that old feeling yesterday. You know, um, somebody calls you for help, and you go, to, you go to help them, you know, and you get there, and you know, and, and, and you help them, and things work out. Then I get in the truck, and I start backing out. And I just got this feeling, how come you didn't pray for You know, they, they know who you are, they know what you're about, but once you, once you help them, you thought that was all that needed. I mean, I just started feeling so guilty. You know, it don't hurt to say, especially they call me, I didn't call them, you know, before you say, hey, thank you, you know, can I pray with you before I leave? It wouldn't have cost anything, and I just, you know, because we had that Sunday school lesson, you know, some time back, you know, the, our job is to leave Jesus everywhere we go with everybody we leave. You know, I helped that person, but I didn't leave Jesus with them. You know, even though they know me, know what I stand for, but some reason that that wasn't just enough. I just felt, hey, you know, you 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 should have should have prayed for them. You know, and kind of when God chastises you, just kind of feel bad. You know, like I wouldn't. But see, I said, well, okay, I turn and go back, but then the impact is not the same. You know, once the moment is gone, then you can't, re, you can't replay that, that moment, those emotions, that setting or whatever you was in at that time, you know. You just can't redo that. And so just, just think about that. <clears throat> this truth has spoken to me time and time again over the years. We have freedom from the past. If you're still standing, if you still believe the Bible, if you still love the Lord then you've passed some courses. I, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for the things we, we, we have done. We, we constantly, like I said yesterday, I spent all afternoon mulling over coulda, shoulda, woulda, and, and, and maybe, maybe I can go back over there and, you know, and, but when it's gone, it's gone. The impact was, was, was gone. 
Well, that might help you not to miss the next opportunity. i tell you one worse than that. That ain't the first time I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't the first time I've done that. Uh, you know, people catch you off guard. And, 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 and then you respond. We know, you know when you respond, you're responding out of your spirit when you get caught off guard. So what's really in there is what, what comes out. You know, before COVID, you know, I had five hospitals that I visited every month. You know, and I take magazines, put in all the waiting rooms and uh, the, the KCM magazine. And, and if the church had anybody on the list, I'd visit them. But there's this guy that I used to run with that knows the old, old Vic. All right? So, hey, man, man, because, you know, I, when you get off the bus, you got to do this, this, then, then I got to get, get that done, get back to get on the bus. So, so I'm just kind of stroking through the, through the hospital doing what I need to do. And I come up this corridor, you know, then it goes like this. And when I turn... Boom, there he is in there. And what are the first people ask you when they see you at the hospital? Who are you here to see? What should my response be? I'm not here to see anybody. I'm just passing these magazines out and visiting anybody that was sick. I didn't say none of that. I said, well, I just had something I had to do. And I went right on around it. And just, man, when I got out of the hospital, I, I felt like I was that tall. That tall. I know that I had messed it up and messed it up bad. And I, I said, Lord, I'll never, ever do that again. I don't care who's around, what happened. Well, why did I? What was the big deal in me telling him other than he caught me off guard and I felt embarrassed to tell him while I was there and so I cowered and took the shortcut out you instead know, of standing he knows the my old you. And so that still, whenever uh-huh. he sees you, he thinks that's the right. old you. It's not that you were embarrassed that you've changed. I think more along the lines with me, it's more like I don't think they believe that I've changed. Yeah. And so it's just like easier. Hi, I'm just here just to be here. Yeah. yeah. But but that don't leave <laughs> Jesus with nobody. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Now, so so this is this is what I think. Well, I, I, everybody has, and y'all heard me say this, everybody's got influence on different people. I believe every one of us, when we get saved, God's got a list of people that, that's our requirement to get in the kingdom because we have influence on those people. All right? So what happens when I get to heaven if that guy goes to hell? God's going to say, I gave him to you. You was too weak to do anything about it. Now, he's in hell, and that's on you for eternity. That's pretty deep. But that's what it's... A, when, when the rubber meets the road, that's what it is with us every day. Those people's eternity are in our hands. And, and I can't worry about if I feel embarrassed or if he laughs at me or, or all those emotions that we have that keeps us from, from doing that stuff. But do you, you know? think you only get like one shot? Like you don't... Well, I haven't seen him since. Well, I mean, how long have you been? <laughs> Four or five years. Oh. Uh, but I'm just saying, I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that, 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 you know, we, we just got to be, 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 be ready. I, I'm sure, I ain't going to ask y'all to raise y'all's hand, but I'm sure I've been in that situation where we've denied Christ. And that's what I really did. You know, I, I denied Him when I had the opportunity to, to, to do something about it. But, but, but did that shock God? No. He knew I was going to say that. He knew I was going to do that. He knew I was going to run into that man. He knew all of that. None of that surprised him. Is he mad with me? No. Does he love me? Yeah. But I'm I'm upset because I disappointed him. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and, you know. And that's what I tell a lot of people about my kids. I never whooped other than Tori. I never whooped any of them much. 
them being disappointed in me whooped them way more than, than, than that's a long story. <laughs> but that whooped them way more. Them knowing they let me down, that they didn't meet the standard that they had been taught, did a lot more damage to them than if, than if I, I whooped them or grounded them or, 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 or whatever. Uh, I find myself, somebody will come up and say, hi, I'm going through this situation or this right here, pray for me. And instead of stopping, and that's what I feel good about, instead of stopping right there, okay, let's pray right uh -huh. now. It's like, okay, I'll get you scheduled in whenever I do my prayer. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to work on. Okay, let's You want to hear another one? Stop and pray. You want to hear another one? I'm sitting in my bus one day. This lady, I've been knowing her husband since he was that tall. The, the, I'm sitting in the bus that the, the door is open. And she's so embarrassed that that she comes and stands like, the, the door's open here. She's not facing me, she's just standing like, she come up this way. And she's just standing like, like, like this. And just like you said, she said, uh, I know you're a praying man, but will you pray for me and my husband? What did I say? Did they say yeah, but not right now. I've got other things to do right now. Yeah, 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 we've got a lot of people around here right now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But that's how you live and learn. All right, then look at Angie. Don't you ask Angie to pray for you. She don't care what, when, where. We are at the athletic banquet. This is a true story. We are at the athletic banquet. They have 400 people here. All right? Just everybody. Because, you know, they had the football, the basketball, the softball, the volleyball, everybody's there. This girl that plays ball with, uh, with, with, with Lily, they thought she had a tumor on her brain. So she had missed a little time. And Angie had been texting her mama and talking to This is a Baptist lady, too, now. Been texting her. And, and, and I said, because, you know, Baptist people kind of like I've been doing. They want to do it off on the side. You know what I'm saying? But when your child's in danger, you think your child's going to die. It changes everything from, from, from a parent perspective. So, you know, we, we sit at this table. And, and she's sitting. I thought it was my phone. And she's sitting at the table right here, you know, and they've been chit-chat, chit-chat. So Angie kind of turns around and they they, they talking about the daughter, you know. And uh, and so Angie says, well, do you, do you want to pray? And Angie had already been praying for her before. You want to pray? And I'm sitting, Angie's sitting here, I'm sitting here at the head of the table, then, then she's there and her husband's there. And I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't fixing to happen, you see. No. I said, can we, can we, can we, can we, can we? <laughs> You know, what does she do? But I said, this mama's worried about her child. She don't care if she's bad, but she don't care if she's nothing. My child's going for a brain scan. She's got a tumor. You know, it don't matter to the mama. I mean, everybody's sitting around eating. And my wife gets up, and this lady starts. I said, y'all don't have to stand up. Y'all can just kind of sit down, you know? And she prays for that lady in front of everybody. And I reckon I'm just a coward sometimes. I don't, I don't know, but... That's, that's my goal. <laughs> to be like that. Those incidents, though, are. But she doesn't. I've seen her in Walmart. She'll just stop in the aisle and, and pray. And go get it, girl. I'm in, I'm in aisle two. Anything we pray that we think we're doing right, we think we're in the right place, but it's just honestly, with someone area we just haven't dealt with. Yeah. Or on yeah. right. I reckon because you know, I know I, I pray and I believe and I, I I don't have no problem with all that, but you know sometimes you just think well there's a time and a place and this ain't time. But if the people's got the need, it is the time and the place. I don't get yeah. to set that standard. 
You know, and I, I can tell you, I could probably count on both hands and probably pull my shoes off how many times I've disappointed the Lord with stuff like that. Just the environment, the circumstance, how quick things things happen. Uh, you know. So like I said, if you want Miss Angie to pray for you, if you don't want to do it in pri- in public, you just don't ask her in public. <laughs> but she'll be Johnny on the spot. <clears throat> All right, I don't know why that had nothing to do with nothing, but maybe y'all needed that. I needed to get it off my chest. I feel like, I feel like I'm Catholic today. I'm at confession. I'm telling you what our house be like one for her. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hard-hearted. She's one of them soft-hearted people. You know, I always go around the house, tear down bird nests, and I just stomp on them little old babies come out of the nest. And she's like, no, no, no. How's she doing? She's better today. Yeah, yeah. She. Uh, Old Roberts is bottom of page forty-six. Old Robert asked me one time. Was asked one time, "Have you ever made any mistakes in your ministry?" His reply was encouraging. He said, "No, but I've discovered many ways to do things that don't work." He refused to allow the past to hold him hostage, and you should too. I'm so glad Old Roberts didn't quit because he wasn't perfect. You may have done things that didn't work, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. Nobody but Jesus has aced the test of life. Oh, Roberts didn't have a name plaque on his desk. He had a a thing that said, no small plans here. You know, and, and, and you, if, you, if you're doing it, reading Oral Roberts, you know, he was after people all the time about, about dreaming too little, too little, too little. You know, he went, they, they went to Africa, you know, when the ORU medical school was open, they you know they they um, trained doctors and and sent to hospitals all over over the world. That was the purpose of, of the medical part of ORU. Uh, so we had this other guy that that ministry was. He tried to go build hospitals. So he he and O. Roberts was sitting in the boardroom with the president of I think it was Zimbabwe, the president of country anyway, over there, and and, and this guy just kind of come with his hat in his hand, asking, trying to get, convince the president to, to give him eight acres of land. And this other, the guy was, was telling this on Oral, and said Oral was sitting beside me and he would just scribble, I could tell he was irritated about something, he would just scribble on a piece of paper, and then he would move it over and he'd get another, and he said, he said, man, this is embarrassing, he's doing this in front of the president of the country. And he scribbled a little more, and he leaned over me, he said, you know what that says? He said, no, he said, that says old Robert spelled backwards. He just kept writing and kept writing. And, uh, and then he passed me something else and he'd interrupt me and say, you know what that says? And he said, I could tell he was irritated, but I didn't understand why. And so finally I said, oh, you got something you want to say? He said, yes, I do. You need 80 acres, not 8 acres. So why are you asking him for 8 acres when you need 80 acres? Just ask for the 80 and let's go. You gotta give him eighty acres, just like that. You know, he called them small plans and small dreams. You know, and, and it wasn't enough to start with. You know, and that's that's a lot of times I tell people this financially when they when they need some money, they'll figure the minimum that they need, and it really don't help them out nothing. You know, if you're gonna ask somebody, go ahead and get what you need. You know, and we always, especially if they do in a budget, they do the income. They try to put it high and the expenses low, and then it don't don't ever match. But but don't ever, don't ever, if you're dealing in business or you need something, 
decide what you need, and that, that's the goal. Don't, don't negotiate yourself down into something that, that wouldn't even work. You may think there <clears throat> that you're the only one that missed opportunities. I think I cleared that up just now. He ain't the only one that missed opportunities. Maybe you blame yourself and think things would be different if you had taken advantage of the missed opportunities. You may think you could have really done something in your life had it been lived differently. You can still live differently. God can restore the years that have been stolen or wasted. He can still do what He promised to do for you. Give Him a second chance and believe the best is yet to come. So we don't, we can't, when we make mistakes, we, we got to quit counting ourselves out that it ain't over with. Uh, and I, I'll tell you one thing, we'll, we'll move on to something else. There's another guy that I run with. That I, that I never witnessed to, because I just didn't see much, and, and it, it wasn't one of those things where I think I missed God, um, you know. Uh, but, but then I seen him one week, and the next week he died of a heart attack. So, you know, I, I don't know where he's at. I'm not going to be the judge, you know. So, so and it goes back to what you said, you know, you, you, we, we have to constantly, you know, be, be ready for this, because that, that guy's in eternity. Wherever, wherever he's at, he's there, uh, you know. And could I have done different? Probably. Did you ever get a chance to live your life in front of them as a Christian? Uh-uh. Not this guy. Not this people God did. Oh, no. All right. Let's look at a few verses in Psalm once again that change the focus from what you've done, <clears throat> what you have done, to what Jesus has done. Apply these verses to your life and situation. Psalms 126, 1 through 3. When the Lord broke back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. So never, never count yourself out. You know, I look at what you just said, Mark. I, I look back many times. I've asked the Lord this many times. He ain't never, I reckon it's the wrong question because I ain't never got no information. I look at all those people that I run with and all the things we do. Most of them are beat up, banged up, crippled up, still on drugs, still on alcohol. I'm like, Lord, how did I? What was different about me? Why I'm not? Like them, most of them on disability right now, and I mean they, and it just sometimes you feel guilty, kind of, because you know I I don't know what the separation other than, than than I chose God, but we was already grown and all when 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 I I did that, uh, but most of those people are still living that same sort of life. They still they don't I don't know if any of them's on, on drugs still, but they they still drink, they still smoke, they still party, they still go crazy. Uh you know, and, and, and none of those accidents and overdoses seem to have registered anything that, hey, I need to change. I need to do different. I need to be different. Uh you know? Uh and I just you, you got to believe her, I do, that no matter sinner or, or saint, God's always trying to get your attention. He's always trying to get your attention, uh, you know, because He don't want anybody to, 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 to go to hell. You know, so I, I don't know if they, they run through them, they run from it because they don't want to. And, and a lot of people, 
got the idea that to get saved, God takes over life and makes them do all this stuff they don't want to do. You know, that, come, that comes from religion and, and church, you know, that have been taught. But God's not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. And that's, people are scared of the Holy Spirit for the same reason. Well, He's going to make me do something. No, He's not. It's not. It, ain't, it ain't even thing about that, you know. I think people are just afraid of what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're used, so they don't yeah. know this life. Mm-hmm. But when you get in, it's the best life you could ever live. I best think, life you could ever live. Living this life, I mean, we, we assume that they only remember or only know, but sort of like those saying that if you're good at something when you walk in the door, you don't have to introduce yourself. Yeah. Same thing if you were disabled when we went to the class reunion last year. They knew me. I promise you, I was rough back then, and I was treated like I was a minister at that reunion because one knew, uh, yeah. several knew that I was going to Only one knew of me coming to church, and yeah. I mean, I mean, it's so hard. I guess what the life we live does does flow out, and and it is an example. But yeah, if we get another chance, I don't know. That's right. But you know, but. but you know, the life that they live, and I just talking about bad people. You got good people that, that, that don't know the Lord, and it has been good people their whole lives, you know. But just think, they stuck with what they can do in their own power, what they can make happen their own selves. They, they're stuck in that realm. They pass that, they don't have any place to go, you know. Look at us. We, we got somebody that says he'll take care of everything and anything. You know, we, we got a place a place to go above above what they do. All right, past sin. Where are we at, Marcus? Got two minutes, ain't it? Past sins. Second Corinthians chapter five. We'll introduce this. We probably ain't gonna get very far with it with the bell rings. This is our base scripture. I thought we'd go back to it as we start this. Second Corinthians five. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And it takes a while, but we have to begin to see ourselves that that old person is not us. We don't get to it today, but we'll probably get to it next week. We'll see these scriptures about where the old man has died. He don't exist anymore. Uh, you know, but it says here you are a new creature, you're a new person. Page 49. It's a shame for any Christian to suffer with guilt and condemnation after the high price Jesus paid to remove it. If not properly dealt with, the memory of past sins can cause plenty of problems. One reason people have ongoing feelings and guilt and condemnation is because they're too focused on what they've done in the past. For forgiveness to be real, you must consider Jesus and what He did. Go to uh, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. We'll read this scripture and then we'll nail it down. Isaiah 43, about that, verse 25. It says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression for my own sake, and will not remember thy sin. We're going to dig into this next week, but 
God said He blotted out your sins for His own sake. So He don't have to look at you and remember that stuff that you did and, and by, by forgetting it and wiping it out, then He can love you for who you are now. now we'll dig in, into that next week.